the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. And we are live. We're live tonight. We've been gone for the last two weeks, but we are live in studio tonight. And uh, we're here with our, our expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, pastor, teacher, lecturer. And uh, we're just excited to be back in the studio tonight. If you've been listening to the broadcast and two weeks ago, we were in our new series tonight. We bring you part six in that new series entitled, what were the three responses of Christ at the cross? And how do these three responses relate to us in our world today? People in this day and age respond to Christ the same way the two thieves on the cross did. And in the same way, our response to Christ will determine our eternal destiny, either to be with Christ or to be separated from Christ and condemned to an eternity in hell. So stay tuned. I know you guys are glad that we are live tonight as we launch into this series, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you now that you're back from your world tour? Hey, brother, I am truly blessed <laughs> from that world tour. <laughs> and uh, thank the Lord for you saying it like that, and I would agree with it all, all the way. And thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, as always, and for you always letting God use you in a mighty way uh, to contribute to this uh, tremendous ministry of contending for the faith. And we want to thank everybody out there for your prayers and your support for contending for the faith, because we couldn't do what we're doing without you as well. Well, as Brother Gary has said, this has been a tremendous series uh, entitled, There Were Three on the Cross, and three responses on the cross. And uh, all of these three responses relate to all of us today, no matter what color you are, size you are, you know, status you are, you know, religion, uh, relationship, all of these responses, three responses relate to all of us today. We're all in one of these three categories. And, uh, how we respond to these, uh, uh, this Savior that was on the cross uh, will determine uh, not only uh, your uh, life in this life, but especially in the next life, eternally, and uh, your eternal destiny and how you respond to Christ. And that's why we are preaching and teaching these messages every Saturday to uh, warn you, but equip you so that you will uh, do 
uh, and make the right response to your Savior who died on the cross for your sins and my sins. And he still sits in the middle, in the middle of all sinners' decisions. Uh, and he's ready to forgive you no matter uh, how bad you've been or the decisions you've made that's been bad and terrible. Uh, Jesus is there in the middle, uh, ready to forgive you, my friend. All you got to do is reach out to him like one of the thieves on the cross did. He was a wretched sinner. Both of them were. But, you know, one of them decided to reach out to Jesus. Now, he was in a desperate state, and he was in the middle of facing death and in the middle of a Savior, and uh, yet he reached out to Jesus, and only Jesus could save him. You know, you didn't have Buddha on the cross. You didn't have Zoroaster on the cross, Confucius, or Muhammad, or Dr. Jerry Buckner. You didn't have any minister other than Jesus Christ. He's the only one that was on that rugged cross that had the abilities and the purity to die for the sins of the whole world. And that's why John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. So you need to understand from this message in this series that your works cannot save you. Your religion cannot save you. Being involved with a cult cannot save you. Uh, when you face death, on the other side, the only one that can save you is Jesus Christ. And you say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't worry about that because I don't have to answer to nobody. I don't have to answer to Jesus. My friend, that's a foolish thing to say. That's a really blasphemous thing to say because it says in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You're going to have to confess your sins before Jesus one day. And it's better for you to do it on this side. While the breath is running fresh in your veins. Uh, then, and the blood is running fresh in your veins. It's better for you to do it on this side. Than to wait on the other side when it's too late. And somebody says... Does all religions lead to the same place? Yes. And I mean, it may sound contradictory, but it's not. They all lead to the same place, and that's to Jesus. Every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, as a means of review, there were three men on the cross. Question, who were they? Well, the first man is the unregenerate man, the unredeemed man. And this unregenerate man, this unredeemed man, this man represents most people in the world. And sad to say, even some lost folks in the church, they got their names on the church list, but not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. They got religion up to their teeth, but no relationship. They confess, but they don't possess. That's a sad state. The second man is the regenerate man or the redeemed man. 
This man represents those who have reached out to Christ for forgiveness of their sins and for salvation. Oh, that's the most important person to be, is this regenerate man or woman, redeemed in Christ. And the third man, that was the God-man, the one that was in the middle, the Redeemer, who came to bring redemption in redeeming us from our sins through his shedding of his precious blood on that cross. Now, there were three crosses on Calvary, three crosses on Calvary, but there's only one cross that was in the middle that had the power to uh, forgive these men. And those crosses that you have around your neck can't forgive you. And having the rosary of Mary can't forgive you. There's a lot of people, they think that symbols and tradition and religion can save them. Those things will take you straight to hell, my friend. Only the cross of Christ can redeem you and save you and bring you into reconciliation to the one who died on that cross in the middle. So now there were three crosses on Calvary. The big question is, what do they signify? What do they signify? Or what do they stand for? Now, let me say this in conclusion, and I may have to pick up with it next time as well. I want you to make a note of these uh, three points that I'm going to make and write it down. And what we will do is pick up with it in more detail next Saturday. Now, my question was, now, uh, the big question is, what do they signify, these three crosses on, the, on Calvary? That's an important question. The three crosses on Calvary, the big question is, what do they signify? Or what do they stand for? Now, make a note of the word stand. I'm going to meddle with the word stand, just the word stand. And I want to talk about three types of standing at the cross. Three types of standing at the cross. Let me introduce them. And then next Saturday, I will get into them in detail. Let me introduce all of these three standings. Number one, we are either going to stand against the cross of Jesus Christ. Or number two, the second stand, we're going to either stand for the cross of Jesus Christ. And number three, we're going to, and lastly, we're going to stand under the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to get into detail with all of those next time. Just that word stand. Oh, you're either going to stand for something or you're going to fall for everything. That's what the old saying says. And uh, this, this term, stand, is very relatable to you and me today. Either we are doing these three. We're doing these three in our own lives today. We're either standing 
against the cross. There's a lot of people like that today in our world. They're standing against the cross of Jesus Christ, and they're setting themselves up for an eternal destiny in hell separated from God throughout eternity. I know a lot of people don't like to hear the word hell, but we need to preach on it more. We need to teach on it more so we can warn people about not going there. But they either stand against the cross. You say, well, I just don't want to make a decision. Well, your non-decision is a decision. And that means that you're standing against it. If you're not standing for it, you're standing against it. And my friend, my challenge to you is to stand for it and to stand under it. And uh, so we're going to have a prayer of repentance, confession and repentance right now in closing. And I want you to repeat after me. Dear Lord, forgive me for standing against the cross. Help me, Lord, to stand for the cross and cleanse me through your blood to stand under the cross, at the foot of the cross, because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches about our response to the one that's in the middle of every decision that you and I make. Amen. Brother Gary. Amen. And I pray that you prayed that prayer sincerely. And if you have questions about what you just prayed, we're here to help answer those questions. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We need to take a short commercial break, but we'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, uh, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, pick up that phone, give us a call if you have questions, comments. Uh, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. So we want to encourage you tonight that we're here to pray with you, especially if you prayed that prayer of repentance that Dr. Buckner led us in before the break, and if you accepted Christ as Savior, and you have questions about that, we're definitely here to answer your questions. And we want to thank uh, so many of you who have been praying for this ministry, and we also want to thank those of you who stepped up to the plate to uh, just knock a home run financially for our ministry before we uh, were off the air for the last two weeks. Um, we had a deficit running of about $1,600, and now we're down to 368 and that's due to the generosity of a few, uh, you know, powerful givers, and we thank you so much for that, and we just want to encourage you. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and so 
you know, it is a prayer driven ministry as well as a listener supported ministry. And we just thank you uh, profusely for your support in both of those areas that keeps this ministry alive and on the air every Saturday night so that you can tune in and know that we're going to still be here to answer your questions and allow you to dialogue with Dr. Buckner. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But there's, there's two ways to donate. As we always say, one, you can uh, address a check or money order to contending for the faith post office box 553 Tiburon, California. That's spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way, so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button and bam, you're a blessing for time and eternity. And so we just thank you for Again, your prayers, we thank you for your generous support. We also want to remind you that you can uh, go to kfax.com and go to the, the banner at the top of the page, look up Contending for the Faith, and you'll find all of our podcasts there. So any other broadcasts that you may have missed in the past are there, uh, our various series and various topics, and it's great. It's a great resource uh, you can use it for Bible studies. You can use it for Sunday school class. There's a lot of uses. Uh, you can also, you know, tell your pastor about the ministry and have him check it out through the podcast and tune in on a regular basis. So we just want to encourage you, make use of that resource. Well, I guess we better get to our callers. Are uh, you ready to, uh, to get on the phone lines, Dr. Buckner? Yeah, let's do that. And before we get to Brother Rick, I want to uh, answer a letter, uh, a question that uh, a letter that was sent to us by Sandy. She's a faithful prayer warrior and supporter of the ministry. And she says, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner, I just have a question. Who is the prince in Ezekiel chapter 46, uh, verses 2, 4, 8, and 10? The more I read the Bible, the more I want to know. I am 74 and constantly learning. Thank you for your radio program, and thank you for encouraging us to study the Word. I'm loving the Word of God more every day. Thank you for your teaching. God bless Gary, Vince, and all the others who are behind the scene, praying for God's kingdom to come. Sandy. Gary, I tell you, those uh, letters like that is always an encouragement and a blessing to us every time we get it. And we always encourage people to uh, be more faithful in doing that because it really encourages us along the way. Mm-hmm. What we do. Yes. So uh, let me get to that question and try to answer the best I can uh, in Ezekiel chapter 46. And uh, let me just say this in a nutshell. Um, there has been some controversy uh, over who this prince is. Uh, some people have argued that uh, it's uh, the Jesus, and then others argue that it's not Jesus. And I want to say that uh, I want to go with the argument that uh, it's not Jesus. And the reason why is because uh, when you read uh, verse 
uh, four. We're going to take it from two to down to four. It says in Ezekiel 46 and verse, uh, let's see. No, let, let me start off with uh, verse, uh, I'm going to go to four, then I'm going to come up to, uh, yeah, let me start with verse four. It says, and the burnt offering that the prince shall offer unto the Lord in the Sabbath day shall be six lambs without blemish and uh, and rams without blemish. Now, you see here that this prince, who is one of the leaders, actually, is offering uh, an offering, a burnt offering to the Lord. Jesus doesn't need to do that because he's sinless. So that uh, dismisses the fact that he's this prince is not Jesus Christ. Now, uh, it mentions his name several different times that he, uh, verse 7, he shall prepare a meat offering, verse 8, and when the prince shall enter, uh, he shall go in by the way, and it talks about him again, uh, and uh, verse 10, the prince in the midst of them, uh, when they go in, shall go in, and when they go forth, shall go forth. Uh, and so let me kind of, I made a few notes with this on the side here. Um, the prince, as you see here in chapter 46, is also, you can compare this to Ezekiel 44 and verse 3, Ezekiel 44 and 3. The prince appears five times in regards to sacrifice. He is to be an example of spiritual integrity to the people. You can see that in verse 10. And then when you look at verse 8, when the prince entered, he does not normally use the eastern gate itself, which is for the Lord. You can see that in Ezekiel 44 and 2. It says in Ezekiel 44 and 2, And the Lord said uh, to me, This gate shall be shut. It shall not be opened, and no man shall enter by it, because the Lord God of Israel has entered by it. Therefore, it shall be shut. So, uh, and then uh, Ezekiel 46, verse 10 through 12, the prince, he sets the example of worship for the people. So that's it in a nutshell. Uh, hopefully, uh, Sandy, that helps to answer your question. You always have good questions, and we want to encourage other people, not only to call, but you can... Uh, uh, write us and ask your question by letter if you don't want to call in, and we'll try to address that concern. All right, uh, Brother Gary, uh, who do we have first? Uh, uh, we have Brother Rick online. Okay, Brother Rick, how are you doing? Well, it's been so long time, no, no talk. Yes, right. I got yes. a question. Yeah, we missed uh, hearing your voice, and we're glad that you called in. And what's what's on your heart tonight? Okay, in the book of Revelation, there's, there's a mention of two white horses. What are they? How, how do they differ? Mm -hmm. and, uh, when, and, and when do they come into uh, play in Revelation? Wow, that's a very good question, Rick. And here's another uh, uh, chapters that seem to be very confusing to a lot of people. So what we're going to try to do is take the fusion out of confusion. Now, but when you, you will find these two white horses uh, and, some, and a rider on them, 
in Revelation chapter 6, and then you also find it in Revelation chapter 19. Now, in Revelation chapter 6, what you have there, it says, uh, let me read it to you, uh, verses, uh, verse 2 of Revelation chapter 6. And I saw, and there uh, I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Now, uh, this particular rider, and it kind of gets into all types of different horses, a red horse represented war, and then black horse famine, and, and you know, uh, that sort of thing, and and then you go on and on and on with all these different horses. Um, and so um, with this first horse rider talking about uh, him being on a white horse, this has been a debate among many scholars, but I believe it's talking about the future, not only false prophets, but the ultimate false counterfeit Antichrist, because it's interesting that it says that in this uh, verse here, verse two, and I and I saw and behold a white horse, and he that sat on it on him had a bow, but he doesn't have any arrows. So this first rider on this white horse is, I believe, is the Antichrist, and because he doesn't have any arrows, he's going to be bringing peace with his first approach in this verse two. He's not going to come first to make war because what he's going to try to do is dupe people into the number 666 and then he's going to try to bring peace and he's going to be successful in the Middle East and uh, then he's going to dupe the people and then he's going to say, you know, I'm bringing peace worldwide that Jesus never did. Now, when you go over to Revelation uh, chapter 19, you can turn your pages over to Revelation chapter uh, 19. And uh, here you have another rider on a white horse, Revelation 19 and verse 11. I believe that this is Christ, the righteous judge. And he says in verse 11 of Revelation 19, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Now, it doesn't say that the writer in Revelation chapter 6 is faithful and true. It doesn't identify him as that. And, in, and then it mentioned in righteousness, he doth judge to make war. And then it says his eyes were a flame of fire. You get that earlier about Jesus, right? And then he his head were many crowns. Well, the first writer could only have one crown. Jesus has a multitude of them. So this particular writer in Revelation chapter 19 is Jesus who will come to judge the world in righteousness, and he is the faithful and true one. And then you have to link that faithfulness and true with John 14 and 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So hopefully, uh, Rick, that has given you some more insight into this uh, question that you asked. And we have quite a contrast there, too. Quite a contrast, exactly. 
Uh, do you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you around? Well, I can give a praise report on my health. I had good medical numbers uh, this weekend when I saw my endocrinologist. So uh, the, the diabetes program I'm on right now looks like it's working. Well, that's oh. good news. Yeah, it is good news. Praise and the Lord on that. I'm not going to go into all the technical details, but um, right now the endocrinologist has got me on a good program. Mm-hmm. And she she feels I'm, I'm I'm moving on the right track. Very good, very good. Well, well let's pray around that, brother Gary, for brother keep, Rick. Keep a prayer around that. Keep a prayer around my family too. I do a better uh-huh. job of communicating with them. Amen. Well, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We thank you for a good report, Lord God, that he's got good numbers. And and we just pray that you continue to keep him strong, continue to keep him healthy, continue to keep him uh, in this program that's being so beneficial beneficial to his diabetes. And Lord God, we just thank you that he sounds good. He's in good spirits. And Lord God, that you're standing with him. And we pray, Lord God, that you continue to be with him, as well as be with his family, his mom and and bring salvation to their household, Lord God. We just thank you for Rick's faithfulness, and we pray that you continue to bless him and encourage him in all that he does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, for your call, and always a good question. I'm sure that a lot of people out there got blessed by that uh, question as well, and the answer. All right. Well, Brother Gary, do we have enough time to... Well, we've got two minutes, so we open up... Open up the next? gate for CC, and he can maybe he can state his question, but we're going to have to jump right into a break. So, all righty, brother CC, how you doing? Uh, how you doing? It's always good to hear your voice. You're well respected and well loved, man. Well, thank you so much, and back at you as well, my brother, and and everybody uh, else in the studio too as well. Amen, amen. Uh, the um, what, what's your question? And we'll uh, try to address it when we come back from the commercial break. What, what's your question? I wanted to ask you, um, what is your opinion on the Hezbollahian uh, dynasty and the Roman Empire in the terms of uh, ushering in uh, the coming of the Messiah, preparing for that? All right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll uh, deal with that when we come back from the commercial break. All right, well, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 And once again, we want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith over these many, many years. And all of you who have partnered with us financially here to keep this uh, broadcast on the air. Uh, This is a prayer-driven ministry and a listener-supported ministry, and we need both. And, uh, you know, over the past two weeks, many of you have so generously stepped up and 
helped us get out of a big hole. We were looking at $1,600 debt, and now we're down to 368 So we thank you for that. Uh, it does cost us 400 a week to remain on the air, and um, we need your prayers and we need your, your continuous uh, financial giving to keep this ministry going. And so there's two ways that you can donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. And it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. So we just... Thank you in advance for your prayers. We thank you in advance for your financial support to keep this ministry going. Dr. Buckner, about ready to get back to CC? Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, Brother CC, are you there? Yes, I am. All right, Brother CC. Gary wanted to say something to you uh, related to what you're saying, <laughs> and I'll respond as, to you as well after that. Uh, Brother Gary? Yes, yes. You were, you were asking about the impact of the Roman Empire and um, recently I came across a book, uh, it's called Person of Interest. And you may have heard of a television series by that same name where detectives come on and, you know, they deal with cold cases. Well, in this particular book, this gentleman was a detective. His wife uh, was saved. She's a Christian, but he, he was an uh, atheist. And uh, he made it his mission to use the same forensic techniques to determine that Jesus basically was a fraud. Um, and what they do is often with these cold cases, there's no physical evidence. There's no body. Or in other words, like if somebody's suspected of killing somebody or a homicide and there's no evidence, no body, you know, um, that's when they use this technique. Now, he, he uses a, a case to parallel uh, what happened to Jesus. And in this case, there was a man who says his wife left and uh, supposedly went to relatives, relatives house, or whatever. Basically she disappeared for 12 years and, and uh, there's no body, no evidence that she a foul play, but she never came back. There's no, no peep from her. And so they basically set out to, to solve a case where there was no physical evidence. And so they have a technique and he used the same technique and applied it to Jesus. And one of the things the technique uh, suggests is why did this thing happen when it happened? And so in the instance of Jesus's coming, right? Why did he come at that time? What was, what was important about the when of that case? When, when he came. And one of the key elements is the fact that it was during that time that we began to use uh, papyrus and, and writing. Prior to that, they used tablets, which were, were brittle and could not uh, travel well. Uh, during that time, language or written language had become, had been developed. Eventually an alphabet was developed and then the Roman Empire steps in and, and finalizes that alphabet. Also, the Roman Empire built roads, uh, created a system where people could travel 
great distances effectively and in a short time. So all of that stuff led to the gospel being able to be transmitted and and, uh, taken throughout the entire world. If Jesus would have come sooner than that, uh, he would. We wouldn't have the alphabet. They wouldn't have been able to have the, le- the language. They wouldn't have been able to. Uh, the roads weren't safe. Everything was timed perfectly for that. For that time, so that Jesus, when he came and did his ministry, that the word of God would be able to be translated and moved throughout the known world easily. Uh, there are many other factors, but I just give you that as a, as a an example that God chose that specific time. It was just wasn't random. It's like there was a reason for that because things were set up. Uh, they also talked about it. What if Jesus would have came in our day? Can you imagine if he would have performed miracles and it would have been on YouTube and everybody would said, oh, yeah, we know those are just special effects. Right. So back in that day, there wasn't any of that stuff. When someone did something extraordinary like that, uh, there, there was nothing to compare it to other than the reality that God was moving. So there's a lot of reasons why that time was chosen in terms of um, the win of, of Jesus' coming. Amen, Brother Gary. Thank you so much for that. And Brother uh, Cece, uh, did you get something out of what Gary was saying to you? You explaining it to me, and it just, you know, really give me a good focus on Jesus, and it reminds me of how huge Jesus is and how how small I am. Wow. Amen. And then, you know, adding to that what Gary said about the roads, you had the uh, language, you know, where the uh, Alexander the Great, uh, God even in the, uh, his own way uh, used that man because he can use ungodly men and the Greek language, the Greek Roman language uh, dominated. And that's where Jesus came right through there with that language. And we have the Septuagint, the Old Testament translated into Greek. And so, and, you know, and so many other things that was going on along with adding to what Brother Gary has said. So you have a, a very good question uh, that uh, you raised, and there's so much uh, stuff to say with that. And what, what made you ask the question anyway? What what made you ask that question? I'm curious. It's because I was, um, I've been studying, you know, uh, Daniel, Daniel 11 for quite some time, you know, a lot of years, and I was looking at it, I've been looking at it again, you know, looking at the kings of the north and the south, and, um, I know in Daniel chapter 34 and 35, um, it, it, it discusses, you know, not in not in particular detail, but it, it brings up, it's ushering in about the Macarene revolt and the Tychus Epiphanes and, you know, um, um, Mattathias who led the, um, who had started the Macarene revolt and on, on up to Judas cleansing the temple and the, and the, um, and the candles that burned for eight days uh, celebrating Hanukkah. Which was mentioned in John ten twenty two, and I just was looking at all that information, and I was just one in in Hasbunan dynasty, and was just amazed at the information that I was had. I had further information I got, and I know you knew more. And I know that the Roman Empire also is is mentioned in the Book of Daniel a lot, and I know it, up until they was involved into the coming of Christ, you know, in Daniel seven, and just looking at all that history, and I just wanted to ask you because I know you you're very well advanced in that. Where I can get some more meat on that. Oh yeah, well you're you're right. You a lot of things you're saying is so true. The Hasmonean dynasty, 
uh, was a probably a very interesting dynasty to study because uh, it was established under the leadership of Simon Bashitz in the second uh, decades after his brother Judas Maccabees defeated the Seleucid army during the Maccabean revolt. So uh, those things are some real interesting things and even getting into the 400 years of silence uh, before uh, Jesus just broke into time and space uh, when we get to the, the New Testament. But anyway, um, keep on studying, man. Uh, you're doing a good job. Uh, we appreciate the way you, you're studious and history plays a major part in his story. I always say history relates to his story and uh, we appreciate what you're doing. You have any uh, prayer requests uh, before we get to? I got we got a couple more calls. You have any prayer requests? Uh, you just pray for me and my family, Rosalinda, um, celebrities in general, and I just got a lot on my plate right now. You know, I just keep it short and simple, and celebrities in general. That's it. All right, we need a lot of prayer for the, the people, family, especially celebrities. They really need the Lord. All right, brother Gary. All right, Lord, we just thank you once again for Brother Cece. Lord, we ask you continue to continue to bless him and continue to give him wisdom and knowledge and a deeper understanding of your word and desire to share that information that you give him, Lord God, that he might touch others, that he would make a difference in time and eternity by what you poured into his heart, into his life, and into his spirit. Lord God, we pray for his mother, Rosalinda, that you continue to be with her, strengthen her, and encourage her and his family as well. And these celebrities, there's so many today who uh, are realizing, and especially in this, this COVID world that we live in, uh, the reality of what's important and that they can be up one day and down the next, and that so many people are actually being taken out by this situation, and that uh, it's time for people to get serious about God. And we just pray to, that they would look up and recognize that you are real, that they are in need of a Savior. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, CC. God bless you, brother. Look forward to talking with you again next uh, Saturday at the Lord's will. Thank you. God bless all you guys, too, as well. All righty. All right. Let's try to get uh, Brother Frederick in and then Sophia. Brother Frederick, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Brother, we are blessed. Good to hear your voice and for those who don't uh remember frederick he used to be our phone counselor and did it for many years and was very faithful and uh studious and we appreciate you and we miss you brother and we're hoping one day to get you back on the saddle <laughs> yeah i miss being there too yeah. Hey, yeah. Man. how you doing brother rick brother cc in the house of course uh uh Sophia, how you doing? Um, man, Sandra, miss talking to all of you. Deborah, my goodness. Oh, man, I could think so many names. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> the guys that was calling, oh, my goodness. Yes, God bless you. I have a praise report today, and I have a special guest surprise. We're going to hold on for that. So real fast, sorry, but it's going to sound bad, but... My Durango got totaled. Um, it was a crazy accident. A guy just was flying through a red light, and he was going so fast that as I came through the intersection, I still couldn't see him. Like, 
he was coming so fast that even crossing the crosswalk into the intersection, I didn't see him. Right until I was about to hit him, I was like, wow, it's over. And it was just crash, bang, boom. But I'm all right. I came out without, I don't even have a scratch or a bruise. Well, praise the Lord for that. You know, you can. I don't have a scratch or a bruise. Praise God. I, I, I got out. It felt like I did, and I realized I didn't. I'm like, I don't have a scratch. No, no skin break, no bruise, nothing. And, you know, the front of my truck looks like somebody would have been in trouble. So I thank yeah, God for that. You can always replace a vehicle, but not a body. So God was watching over you. And we need to, yeah. we need to uh, not only this is a praise report, but we need to pray around that situation uh, with you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, let's do that now. Um, Amen. You, yes, let's do that now. We're going to ask Brother Gary to pray around that situation with you, Brother Gary. Amen. Well, Lord, we just rejoice that uh, Brother Frederick is alive and kicking and that you protected Amen. him and had a, had your angels all around that vehicle. And Lord God, yes. we just thank you for that hedge of protection and that he loves you and that you're his that he's your child and that yeah. you keep your children safe. And we just appreciate that, Lord God. How many times have we had near misses? How many times have we been involved in, in mishaps and you, you brought us through? And we just thank you for that. And we pray, Lord God, that you would also help him to replace that vehicle so he can do the things he needs to do in terms of work and time and, and ministry, Lord God. And we just praise you in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I have a special guest on the phone that has a question for you, and it is my mother. Go ahead, Mom. Hi, Dr. Buckner. Hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Um, I have a question because I'm on a prayer line five nights a week, and uh, we offer prayer. And so one of the prayer warriors... Uh, she keeps using the terminology that we are standing in the gap. And I want to know, is that biblical or what she means by that, if you have any idea? Well, you know, that's an Old Testament uh, term uh, where sometimes the Old Testament prophets would talk about standing in the hedge and, and in the gap. And so what Christians have done is use that terminology to uh, mention that they're standing in the, the the middle with you in your prayer and praying for you for protection and guidance and leadership and all of that is not uh, something that Jesus used. He just simply, uh, when he said pray, he gave the disciples prayer in Matthew 6. But it's just an Old Testament term that uh, people have used when the prophets would uh, and the uh, prophets would uh, talk about standing in the hedge and, and in the gap, and uh, they just kind of uh, bring it to modern-day language to say they're standing between you and the Lord in prayer and unity. So that's what it's basically referring to. Oh, okay. And then I would like to uh, for you to do a prayer for my husband and myself. Uh, for our health and just for our well-being. We have a lot going on in this house. Yes, amen. And and you could probably, I believe that scripture, 
uh, standing in the gap, I believe it's Ezekiel 22 and 30. Oh, okay. Yeah, 22 and 30. Yeah, and so it. it's like terms in Old Testament use. So l let's go with your prayer request, and what was that now? It's uh, for the health of my husband and myself. Um, as we're aging here, we have some things going on, and and then for us to just remember to stay close to the Lord and stay in prayer. All right, let's do that. We hear that music, and we're going to ask uh, Sister Andrea that we'll get to your uh, question next week. Sophia. Sophia, I'm sorry. Sophia, we'll get to her question uh, next week. Keep that. Okay, Gary, All right. close with the prayer. Yes, Lord, we just thank you for uh, Frederick's mom, and we pray for her and her husband, Lord God, as, they, as they're in this time and that this would be some of their best days and most blessed days, Lord God, that you protect them, keep them in good health, strengthen and encourage them, and meet every need that's represented in their lives, Lord God. And we'll be careful to thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank we've come you. to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. We once again give you an opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.